Hi, everybody. I'm Gloria Morava. Donald Trump and that pesky 14th Amendment. I'm quoting now from the United States Constitution. This is Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Quote, I'm reading, No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. End quote. The Fourteenth Amendment was ratified in 1868. It was written after the Civil War, yeah, because of the Civil War. Now, legal scholars say this about the 14th Amendment, quote, The 14th Amendment represents our nation's second founding and a new birth of freedom. It contains within it a protection against the dissolution of the republic by a treasonous president, end quote. I'm Gloria Moraga, Political Woman. This is the Political Woman Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please subscribe to me on TikTok and YouTube. All right. In this podcast, I'm going to quote heavily from an article called The Sweep and Force of Section 3. The article is going to be published in 2024. It was written by William Bodd and Michael Stokes Paulson. It's going to be published in the University of Pennsylvania Law Review, Volume 172, and it says forthcoming, and then it says when this article was posted, um, I guess for people to read, because a lot of people have read it and are talking about it and have been talking about it since it was posted on August 14th, 2023. Michael Stokes Paulson is a law professor from the University of St. Thomas School of Law, and William Bodd is from the University of Chicago Law School. And when people are talking about this article and the research that they have done, it always comes up that these two gentlemen are members of the Federalist Society. I don't know if you follow Keith Overman. I listened to his podcasts, and when he was talking about this story, he kept saying, the Federalist Society, the Federalist Society. And then later in the podcast, he'd say, 
Did I say that this was from the Federalist Society? Yeah, I'll have more on the Federalist Society in a little bit. I'm going to get to the article. I'm going to start with abstract. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment forbids holding office by former office holders who then participate in insurrection or rebellion. Because of a range of misperceptions and mistaken assumptions, Section 3's full legal consequences have not been appreciated or enforced. This article corrects those mistakes by setting forth the full sweep and force of Section 3. And then they go on to say, Section 3 remains an enforceable part of the Constitution, not limited to the Civil War, not effectively repealed by 19th century amnesty legislation. And then they, they're listing here their, their reasons for, uh, for writing this article. Uh, second, Section 3 is self-executing, operating as an immediate disqualification from office without the need for additional action by Congress. It can and should be enforced by every official, state, or federal who judges qualifications. So here I think they're clarifying that President Trump was impeached, but in the Senate, they did not remove him. So you can be impeached, like Bill Clinton was impeached, but still remain president. Now, when Nixon was under threat of impeachment, senators told him, told Nixon, you are going to be removed. We're going to remove you. Things were different then. They had standards then. Now, you know, Mitch McConnell said, no, no, the courts can handle Trump. I'm not going to uh, vote to have him removed from office. So then we lost it. But what these guys are saying here is Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, you don't need that because it stands alone. It's law in of itself. So that's um, the second point they want to make. Third point, to the extent of any conflict with prior constitutional rules, Section 3 repeals, supersedes, or simply satisfies those rules. This includes the rules against bills of attainer or ex facto laws, the due process clause, or even the free speech principles of the First Amendment. So they're saying that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment is more important. It supersedes the First Amendment right to freedom of expression. Fourth, their fourth point, Section 3 covers a broad range of conduct against the authority of the constitutional order, including many instances of indirect participation or support as, quote, aid or comfort. It covers a broad range of former offices, including the presidency. And then they go on to say, and this is a quote, and I put it in bold to emphasize it. And in particular, it disqualifies former President Donald Trump and potentially many others because of their participation in the attempted overthrow of the 2020 presidential election. End quote. Woo, I'm not finished. <laughs> We're just really getting started. That was just their kind of synopsis of what they're going to be talking about. This article 
dives deeply into the Constitution and what occurred before and after January 6th. They lay it out. It's research paper. Boom, boom, boom. This happened. This is what the Constitution says. This is why this needs to happen. And it's just brilliant. Point that I was making at the beginning of the podcast, the Federalist Society. Okay, so these guys are Federalist Society lawyers, professors, teachers. Here's a a little background on the Federalist Society before I, I go on. The Federalist Society was founded in 1982 by a group of students from Yale Law School, Harvard Law School, the University of Chicago Law School. Here was their aim, challenging liberal or left-wing ideology within elite American law schools and universities. So the Federalist Society was founded, it was created to mute or to fight or to be the other side of the left-wing libs. So if you're a conservative, you probably agree with a lot of what the Federalist Society is spouses, but maybe not anymore, since Republicans have lost their way. And this is still a background on uh, Federalist Society. The organization's stated objectives are checking federal power, protecting individual liberty, and interpreting the Constitution according to its original meaning. And the Federalist Society plays a central role in networking and mentoring young conservative lawyers. The Federalist Society's logo is President James Madison. (laughs) Oh, Lord. 1809 to 1817 was when Madison was president, and he is sometimes called the father of the Constitution. As I've just kind of explained, they break this up. article, the research, up into four parts. So here are the parts. Part one, is the 14th Amendment, Section 3, legally operative in 2024, in 2023, 2024? And they go on and on and they lay out the arguments and their answer is yes. The 14th Amendment, Section 3, is legally sound today, even though it was written you know, in the 1800s. Part two, is section three of the 14th Amendment legally self-executing? So in other words, do you need Congress to pass a law to do all of this? And their answer is, don't need anything else but the 14th Amendment, section three. It's self-executing. They say, yes, it is. And they lay out the arguments and they explain it. Part three of the the article, research, is they ask this question. Does section three supersedes, qualifies, or satisfies prior constitutional provisions? They say yes. And then finally, part four. Part four begins on page 61 and it goes to page 124. Here's what they talk about in part four. Threes, substantive disqualification is sweeping. So three, 
disqualifies Donald Trump and others across the board. No argument. This part four is really the meat and bones of the, the article, I think. I'm going to share just because the podcast, you know, can't go on forever. Of course, again, I'm, I'm late. Um, so it's a late night, early in the morning. So I'm just going to share some of it. And it's obviously the part about Donald Trump. This starts on page 111. And it's section C, and I'll quote, the attempted overthrow of the 2020 presidential election. We finally come to the urgent question of the day. How does section three of the 14th Amendment apply to the events of 2020 and 2021, the efforts by Donald Trump and others to overthrow the results of the 2020 presidential election and install Trump as president for another term, despite his loss to Joseph Biden. They go on to say, consider the overall package of events, the dishonest attempts to set aside valid state election results with false claims of voter fraud, the attempted subversion of the constitutional processes for states selection of electors for president and vice president, the efforts to have the vice president unconstitutionally claim a power to refuse to count electoral votes certified and submitted by several states. I'm still quoting. The efforts of members of Congress to reject votes lawfully cast by electors. And finally, the fomenting and incitement of a mob that attempted to forcibly prevent Congress's and the vice president's counting of such lawfully cast votes, culminating in a violent and deadly assault on the Capitol and the Congress and vice president on January 6, 2021. I'm still quoting. Taken as a whole, these actions represent an effort to prevent the lawful regular termination of President Trump's term of office in accordance with the Constitution. They were an attempt to unlawfully overturn or thwart the lawful outcome of a presidential election and install instead the election loser as president. They constituted a serious attempt to overthrow the American constitutional order. Does Section 3 cover this conduct? Did these events constitute insurrection or rebellion within the meaning of the Constitution? And if so, who all might be said to have engaged in conduct or given aid or comfort to those who did? We will consider these questions in turn. End quote. After this section, the authors lay out the entire 2020 election denying scenario. They lay it out. Brilliant. And they start with, and they do basically pretty much what the January 6th committee did. 
they start with Trump even before the election, when I'm sure he was getting poll numbers saying that it's not going to be a fair election. It's not going to be a fair election. I mean, how many times did he say that? So they, they, they go through item by item of what was done to lay the foundation for what happened on January 6th and what they tried to do in the states. What, if you followed what uh, DA Bonnie Willis is doing in Georgia, what other states are doing with the fake electors, it's all laid out in this research, in this article. So they do that brilliantly. It goes on for pages and pages and pages. It's fascinating. So then we get to this part, quote, the bottom line is that Donald Trump both engaged in insurrection or rebellion and gave aid and comfort to others engaging in such conduct within the original meaning of those terms as employed in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. If the public record is accurate, this case is not even close. He is no longer eligible to the Office of Presidency or any other state or federal office covered by the Constitution. All who are committed to the Constitution should take note and say so. And that's what I've been doing. <laughs> take note and say so. And then I quote here from the very end, and I can't even go into it all because it's a whole nother podcast. After they lay out all of this evidence and they talk about the 14th Amendment and they talk about Section 3 and they document it and it's all in there, they also write about others who broke the law and others who should be removed from office and should not be able to run for office again, including Congress members. And so I'll just quote from that part, just a little bit of it. Consider those who were not part of the uprising itself, but who provided planning, encouragement, assistance, or other material support to those who rose up on January 6th. Consider proceedings against U.S. Representative Biggs, Gosar, Green, for instance. Raise this as a serious possibility. Pennsylvania's State Senator Doug Mastriano, who is also a retired military officer and recent gubernatorial candidate, is said to have transported busloads of people to what became the insurrection and was near the Capitol during the attack. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani worked extensively to overturn the election and likewise riled the rob at the ellipse on January 6th. That section goes on and on. It's really important and really critical for our democracy. That's the end of my quoting of the Federalist Papers law professor. The Federalist Papers, the Federalist Papers. After all this is said, there is this, this information. There is an effort right now that has gained momentum across the country. So it's happening in New Hampshire, Arizona, Michigan, and in other states 
to use Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to take Trump off the ballot in those states. From the Federalist Society's mouth <laughs> to God's ear <laughs> or whatever you believe is a higher power. It's a great article. I've read other articles about how this could backfire, how Trump people could use this to do this and that. And, you know, what about the Supreme Court and would it would be challenged? And I don't know, is our court just totally lost as well as the Republicans or are they going to uphold the Constitution? I, d I don't have any answers for you, my friends. I do say that this is a brilliant article and uh, something that we should all read. And I am Gloria Braga. I am a political woman. I vote. Please vote. Uh, please follow me. Please subscribe. Please follow me on YouTube and TikTok. Please, whatever you do this holiday weekend, happy Labor Day. Be safe.